Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burden of motherhood. I'm Emily. And I'm Beth. And we hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms production. Episode 60, What I Wish for My Kids. Hello, Mom Fashions friends. Emily here, and I'm hanging out with Beth. Hey, 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 and we have another friend joining us today. Um, she's kind of an old friend. We've known her for a while. She used to be on the Fort Worth Moms team as a writer. So welcome, Robin, to Mom Fashions. I'm glad that you are here. Thank you for having me. Yes, like I said before, Robin, uh, once upon a time, wrote for Fort Worth Moms. But how about, Robin, you just tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Sure. I've lived in Fort Worth for 17 years. Um, and before that, lived in North Carolina, where I met my husband. We've been married 18 years this month. Woohoo! Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Two children and two dogs. I said I'd never be a two-dog mom, but the pandemic did me in. <laughs> and it was a you good decision. <laughs> well, it was good for like kids' mental health. Honestly, having that energy and necessity to like get outside every day and walk and take care of him so he's destroyed my couch but he's um been great for my kids heart so I guess the trade-off works I love reading and walking and traveling and church you love church how much do you love church Robin well I love church so much that I spend a fair amount of time with the church people as a pastor um, also for 17 years and just my joy is um, being in this kind of community where people are eager to grow and learn and um, serve. So it's really a dream job. Yay. Well, um, Robin wrote an article for us um, several years back. And I think about that article a lot because I actually see the title of that article a lot. So when we run analytics, um, I mean, regularly, like monthly at Fort Worth Moms, we see the content that is, um, you know, producing, like what's being read, what's being shared. And the article that she wrote several years ago, wishing more than happiness for my daughter on her birthday. That is always, and I mean always, in our top 10 for our analytics. And this was published years ago, um, but it has become a fan favorite on Pinterest. And I think that it's because not only is Robin a lovely person and the article is written wonderfully, but it really kind of cuts to, like, it cuts away all this other stuff that we, you know, think about when our kids have birthdays or celebrations and all that stuff. And really like, what do I really want for her? I want more than a happy birthday, more than happiness. So she recently submitted another article for us as her son was reaching a similar milestone. So wishing more than happiness for her son. And it has been so popular. So we know it's a topic that resonates Um, with our readers and listeners, but just also with us as women and mothers. And I think my first question 
for you would be is what gave you the idea or motivated you to kind of put this into words to share with other women? Well, I um, started like a lot of new moms do with these grand expectations for all the things I would do as a mom. And one of them was I bought um, little journals for each of my kids and I kept it really simple. Like, I mean, super stereotypical. I got a pink one and a blue one. And I was going to ideally write notes to my children on every milestone that they had throughout their life. And so that when they turned 18, there would be this book full of letters (laughs) from their mother. And so what happened was that there's a note at, you know, before they're born and three months and six months and nine months and 12 months and then six years and then 12 years. Because I just forgot and got busy and all those things. And so I thought, okay, my daughter's kind of reaching a a major milestone, at least in our eyes, like going out from elementary school where the parents get to walk in, well, in the before times, and (laughs) now going to middle school where, you know, you have to drop them off at the corner lest you be seen. And I wanted to write a letter truly just for her. And then I thought, well, I could, um, submit it when I was writing for the Fort Worth Moms blog. It's something that perhaps other moms and parents think about. I think there's like, when you hear a toast at a wedding or you hear people and they talk about having a baby, I just want the baby to be happy. um, Or I just want, I wish happiness for you. And I kept hearing that phrase and thinking, well, I think I want something more because if I wanted my kids to be happy, then they, I guess, would just play video games all day long or have unlimited access to their Bones, but I don't know that happiness is like the end aspirational goal of parenting. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to think about, well, what could be an aspirational goal? What do I really want for my kids more than leading happiness? Okay, so this leads to the next obvious question. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about what you have included in the article. Like, what do you wish for your kids instead of just a life of So I wish um, truly for joy, which um, I think it's been talked about on uh, the blog before the difference between happiness and joy and a deep sense of um, finding purpose and connection and empathy and giving. I think one of the things is when you launch your kids out into the world and with that comes the completely normal developmental milestones where they're going to look now to peers and society more than they're going to look to you completely natural but those metrics are set by somebody else of how to look and how to behave and what's cool and so that was sort of my uh, response to my daughter to say it's not just putting your hands on your hips or I don't even know how to do that how you're supposed to like there's a way to stand so that you're more flattering in photos but I haven't figured it out yet (laughs) Yeah, nor have I still haven't mastered the selfie that I mentioned in my mom's blog bio. So what is it that I want for her? I don't want her to necessarily know how to do the sorority squat correctly for photos that her whole life will be now um, digitally uh, archived because of the world in which we live. Right. But what are some things that I want her to know? I want her to know that joy is important. I want her to know that ecology is important and kindness is important and community is important. Those are some of the things that I, I wish for her, deep connections and imagination. And So I'm going to ask um, maybe a bit of a hot topic question based on this, because you 
you know, you wrote one several years ago for your older child who was female, and then you just wrote an article for your younger child who's who's entering that same milestone area, that transition into middle school. Um, do you find that you hope for different things for them because one is a girl and one is a boy? Yes. In some respects, yes, because I'm looking at when I when I wrote, especially this last one that I wrote for my son, I started with sort of what the world society uh, deems as appropriate masculine behavior. And for that, it would be, you know, we want our girls to be happy. We want our boys to be successful. Right. Right. That's pretty prevalent in our culture. And so for me, it was wishing him more than success. I mean, I, I hope he's successful in what he does, but that's not the end all be all. Um, and so I was even using sort of male role models in our society and thinking, hmm, what's the opposite of that? That's what I wish for you. Because yeah. what's not celebrated is vulnerability. What's not celebrated is apology or respecting women or all those things that have been coming and bubbling up in our culture for years. So yes, there are some differences. The core is similar. It's authenticity. It's joy, it's kindness, it's empathy. But I was trying to speak directly against, in many cases, what our society says girls and boys should wish for or want. Right, yeah. It's um, a timely discussion um, that that this should kind of pop up now. And maybe that's why I'm asking because I've been thinking about this. Our Fort Worth Moms team just recently did some planning and prep for next year. And one of the editorial series topics that we are considering is something, we don't have a title for it yet. We've just kind of been talking about it. But is looking at the discussion as mothers, we have our own father. So we're going to narrow it down to like masculinity and fatherhood, for example. So we have our own fathers all of us has one whether or not they were there involved or whatever that's a huge variety of situations in most cases our child well they do have a father too is it a father you know if it's like a same-sex couple is it um you know a father we never were married to or are still married to or you know, I mean like they're again they have a father but there's a variety of ways and situations where that father plays a role or exists and then some of us many people are also raising the future fathers of the world and i am not in that camp because i only have girls And so as I have been talking with fellow moms over the last few years, I have always been curious about what it would be like to raise, you know, a male. And then what would it be like to raise a male right now? And even in my mom circles, I feel like there's a lot of confusion, almost like the moms sort of know what they don't want the end product to be, but they don't really know what to do or change or be different to get to that end product. So I was just kind of curious, like, you know, what your thought process was as you were writing these articles and thinking about it. While there is a 
time and a place for sure to talk about like equality and all those things. I am so much for that. But I do like the point you make that like what we are wishing for and then turns into what we are training our kids for. Mm -hmm. Like we have to kind of shape all that by the culture that we live in, whether we are wanting to promote the parts of it we want to promote or then try to kind of untangle some of the parts we don't. I think you're right, Robin. Like this is a time when a lot of the ways that we've looked at manhood and womanhood are really starting to be evaluated and changed. And so to have these conversations as moms who are raising future men and women, um, future moms and dads, moms and dads, you know, that we have this conversation about, you know, where maybe we do want to change things or where maybe there are places that we can celebrate womanhood and manhood in a way that is healthy and promotes compassion and community and Mm -hmm. empathy and kindness and ways that we interact with each other over just being happy, being successful, getting what you want out of life. You know, that there's so much more than just trying to raise a human who's going to chase their dreams or a human who's going to make good money someday, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's so much more because that human that we're raising interacts with so many other people and they have to learn to live in community and they have to learn what it means to, to do that well, I think is the way that I would put it. This episode is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms, an online parenting resource to encourage and inspire moms in North Texas and all over the world. Beth, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. Yeah. Don't hate. So <laughs> what? how would you answer the question, like, like if you had to pick one thing that you really hope for your kids or you would wish for them, like you could give them as a gift wrapped mm-hmm. up on their birthday, what do you think it would be? Mm. Already five things have come to mind. So you're making it hard. Okay, well, it can be it can be a large package that you've put several things that go together in the box. Yeah, it's like a stocking. (laughs) What's yes. And I think they all may be tied together. And so the word I would use to kind of to kind of tie it together is confidence. But I feel like I need to unpack that because the way that I would want them to be confident is not that they're just confident externally because they're really good looking or they're confident Mm -hmm. because they're smart or I want them to be confident because they know that they were created um, with purpose Mm -hmm. and that they are loved yeah and that they can walk through life and be vulnerable and kind and um, generously loving to others without fear and without shame. Yeah. And so I think confidence for me is I want them to know who they really are and to be able to love who they really are because I believe that's how God created them. Yeah. You know, I, th- I mean, of course, all of us would say, 
yes to all these things. Yeah, like, of course. To Robin's list, your list, everything. But one thing that keeps kind of bouncing around in my head is that I would wish for my children to really understand contentment mm-hmm. and being con- content, whether they are in a hard season, a hard patch, things aren't going right, or in easier days or just very mundane days, you know, like just contentment, I think, can help you then become a person that is quicker to care for others, quicker to give, because you're not focused on your own discontentment and trying to remedy it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm saying that just because that's a something I see my kids struggle with. <laughs> I'm like, what I really wish for you is you were just more content right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, those are all human longings, no matter the, no matter the age and stage. Absolutely. Yes. So, Robin, how did this? Like, you know, you kind of got got to go through this excerpt writing exercise, and it really prompts you to be thoughtful. How has that notion, in what you put in the article, maybe impacted the way you parent, or? More simply stated, how are you parenting or what did you change to try to help your kiddos understand or reach those goals? A, a cute anecdote first that um, I thought of. So you all published it. This it was published this week. And um, I showed my son. I said, look, you remember that letter I gave to you and your birthday card this year? Um, I shared it with other people so they know. And um I didn't really think he absorbed it. He looked at it and he wanted to look at the pictures of himself, right? Ah. On my phone. <laughs> and then um, he told me when I picked him up from school that he had to do this project where it's like a little bit about me for his classmates. And it, one of the questions was, what's your favorite quote? And, you know, people are Googling, I'm sure, like, good quote, <laughs> whatever. He remembered that it was a Fort Worth mom's blog. So he went to Fort Worth mom's blog <laughs> and looked for the article and the, quote, and the quote is one of the things that's from the letter. Excellent. And, oh, and he oh. said, this is a quote from my mom. Uh, Don't dull your shine. Or I, I think that's the one he chose. But I just, that was so touching that it's not sometimes the, the big moments, I guess, is what I'm trying to say to answer your question. It's the, the things that are um, some of our quirks that we repeat over and over. We all have our little phrases that are our go-tos. But some of those things get internalized for better and for good in <laughs> uh, kids' hearts. And that's what they, what they turn to. They're not looking for necessarily some famous person that said it, but just what they really understand that to be, not just in print, but also like lived out. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, yes, parenting and, you know, fill in the blank, faith, compassion, et cetera, can be caught. Like people can, you know, you know, use words when necessary kind of thing. Also, I really think it can be taught and should be. And so we try to be explicit with our kids about certain behaviors. For example, I was listening to something about um, some teenagers who made some poor choices on social media that's really impacted their life. So I had a direct conversation with my daughter this week and spelled out, like, these are the things that are unacceptable. These are the things you need to not be a part of, not just to say, like, be kind and love one another, but to be really explicit because the world is so complicated now. And there are situations that if I were in that at age 14, I don't know that I would have, I needed some more tools, you know, not just platitudes. So we try to be explicit in our 
teaching um, how to treat, you know, women for our son, for example, or um, for both of them, how to respect adults, like spell it out. Yeah, that's a, a great tip. Just the very practical, because sometimes these like more conceptual, philosophical notions, well, they have very practical day to day applications, you know. And even as you were stating that, I got to thinking, you know, also practicing those habits in my own life, right? Like Mm -hmm. if I want my children to understand the goodness of contentment, then also being a person who's going to model some contentment, you know, for them. And then that's the part where I just don't like it as much, Mm -hmm. right? You know, (laughs) like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Because there is that, I think, natural tendency to be like, do what I say, not what I do. You know, it's just easier to tell you how to live well than to actually live well and show you how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. It can be hard. You know, I, I do spell out when I'm not doing what I want them to do myself. Like for example, not exactly super patient when it comes to carpool lines and drivers that are not paying attention. Mm -hmm. And so I tell them, you should be a patient person. Your mom is not right now. <laughs> Please remember this. When you two are in a carpool line, don't be like your mother. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's typically, it's usually in the car that I have to say, don't act like your mom right now. Oops. So whether it's driving or carpool lines or. I don't know if it's like coming back to from like the year of not, and then it's just. I don't know. It's like nails on chalkboard every day. Yeah. It's a car. (laughs) Yeah. I understand. I feel that in a very deep way. So there, you know, like we stated before, there's definitely, definitely an element of these articles you wrote that um, address these stereotypes and expectations, or maybe the better word is definitions for, you know, what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a man. Mm -hmm. Have you found, as you are trying to parent your kids through this, have you found that, like, what am I trying to say? Like, are you really bumping into that? You know, like, are your kids then, here's an example from what I have to say. So something that has been important to me for my girls is that food doesn't have a moral value, right? This isn't a bad food. This isn't a good food. If you eat a lot of carrots, that's not good for you. If you eat a lot of Snickers candy bars, that's not good for you. Both foods are good, right? Like there is one's not bad. And so this is the kind of mindset that we have in our house. We're very free with food. There's not a lot of rules about food. But then they started health lessons in fourth grade, right? And so, and that's even been something they're talking about here in fifth grade. And the other day, she looks on the back of a bag of tortilla chips, 140 calories per serving. This is not good for you. I'm like, well, first of all, 140 calories per serving is fine, right? (laughs) And I'm like, and I'm like, no, that is incorrect. These chips are good for you. Like, if, you know, if you ate the whole bag every day, not great for you. Like, we try to be, you have to have a lot of different things to give your body what it needs. So, my question is similar to that. Like, okay, so we want to say 
you know, you say, I want more than for you to be successful to your young son. Right. Mm-hmm. And that means taking what you want when you want it, getting whatever it takes to be the top, like doing whatever it takes to make the most money, having this or that to show off, like, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. Have you then found where your son is bumping into the opposite message? And if so, how do you handle it? I'm sure that he does. I'm just thinking through it. Um, I will say yesterday we got progress reports and they were narrative. Um, And I will say his progress reports confirmed instead of, I can think, let me think of a confirmation. Maybe I'll get to a um, a conflict. But the, the progress report confirmed what we wish for him, that things that were mentioned were he works well with others. He is kind. He is curious. And so, and there were grades also, but instead of really focusing on the grades, we just were praising for the comments, like to just reinforce that. I was really grateful to have that symmetry there. I, I think the conflict is just everywhere. I mean, do you excel in sports? Sometimes he doesn't want to try sports because he's um, not necessarily, our family's not known for their athletic prowess. And so um, that's something that's really revered in our culture, especially uh, in this geographical spot. And so um, how to say your body's enough just to, you, you you have strength and you have ability and are you having fun? Are you engaged instead of um, are you going to make the team? Are you the best player? Are you the, so, so, I mean, I think it, it's kind of pervasive. It's ubiquitous. Like it's everywhere, whether I know that he's picking up all those messages or she's picking up all those messages or right. not. I know they're there hundreds of times a day. It's trying to find the times when what we wish for them is confirmed, which is a really countercultural thing. Um, but then again, it's becoming, and I don't know if it's the Brene Browns in this world who are like, letting the scales fall from eyes and the Ted Lasso's that are saying, "Mm, actually masculinity can look like vulnerability and that's something to celebrate. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why that show is so popular because it's, it's not the mainstream message and people are realizing this is, um, this is the kind of world I want to live in. And that's the question we've been asking, especially the last 18 months, what kind of world we want to live in? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially in the last 18 months. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can tell you right now, I want to uh, live in a world that doesn't have a COVID in it. That's my <laughs> that's my number one request. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you as as a mom of girls and I think I and I know that I'm guilty of um, kind of confirming or affirming this stereotype, but anytime we go out all together and people notice that I have three girls, you know, running around me. It's always like, Oh, wow. Your husband has his hands full or something about there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of, you know, things that yes, my girls have big feelings, but so do little boys, you know? Yeah. And yes, my girls are noisy but so are little boys, you know, and, and I want them to know that we celebrate that they are all girls and we have only girls like that. We celebrate who they are as girls and as future women. And that it's okay to, like you were saying, be vulnerable, be emotional. If you have big feelings, let's work through them, you know, 
things like that to where we are not looking at our situation of having three girls at home as like, oh my, yeah, this is, this is not the best. Even just grocery stores, we come across that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and then how to find a way to not condone it by not saying something. I'm not saying that for you, but I'm saying that for my context, someone said even <laughs> very recently trying to work on something together and they said, well, just stand there and look pretty. Oh, no, no, not the right thing to say. And so then what what are some tools that I can work with and I can also give to my kids that are not like physical violence, um, but can can say like I I see things differently. That's what we say. Yeah, because we've bumped into some racial situations of that nature. And I have taught the girls. Well, the girls know that they have options. And I like quizzed Anna on this at the beginning of school. I literally do this every year. But Louisa hasn't had so many years of it. So I did it with Anna because Anna could give the responses. Like if someone asks you prying questions about adoption, being black, your mom's white, any of those things, what can you say? You know, and we go like the choice is the girls, right? If they feel comfortable, they can say whatever they want, or they can say, this is my private business. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to answer this, or I don't want to talk about this. And if they keep asking, you go tell an adult. But when we have also come across with people who have said to me in a line at a post office that, wow, we're really wonderful people because, you know, black women just don't take care of their babies. In front of my child, the phrase when I am so overcome and cannot think or want to stop myself from, like, injuring someone, we say... We don't think that way. Mm-hmm. And that sort of, I think, can like cut to that you've crossed the line and I don't think like you. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, like it's just like we don't think that way. And that's not what we're going to talk about, you know, like completely inappropriate and to, in, in my opinion, very faulty thinking, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I'm well, trying- it's like having a safe word for your kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. We yeah. don't think that way. Yeah. So Thank you. Goodbye. I'm, I'm trying to train my four-year-old to say, I do not receive that. When <laughs> she won't do it. I don't know why. She's like, no, I will not. No, no. I'm like, but if somebody's being unkind to you or says unkind or untrue things, like just tell them, I do not receive that and like walk away. And she's, she's not there yet, but we'll get there. Right. I need to I need to yeah. sassify my girls a little bit more. I think so. No, yeah. Well, that might backfire on you too. If you tell her oh, something and she says, I will not receive it. It will. It will. It will. She yes. will She'll use it on me. Yeah. <laughs> when Teacher she, peas. When she, I will not receive that. <laughs> when she figures out, yeah, that she has a choice. And when she, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, Robin, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And I mean, honestly, it's a really generous heart and I think a testament to your ability to share with others and serve others like something that you had created and hoped for your children you decided to share with other people and it has resonated like beyond what you thought I bet and even beyond what we thought I mean like it has so like it's reached after it was like over 20,000 like people. And it's just, I mean, yeah, like it has, it has been a huge, um, 
just something that women and moms connect with deeply. And I think it's encouraging that that many women are, you know, aligning with and saying, yes, I want this too, like for our kiddos. So you can, of course, check the show notes on fwmoms.com. We will link both of those articles so you can read them and pin them to Pinterest like everyone else has. (laughs) You too can join the crowd. So again, thank you, Robin. This was great. I learned a lot and we will see y'all next time. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Emily. Yes, thank you. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Fort Worth Moms.